been so thankful for his presence that I feel here. If you have your Bible, we'll look to the book of Proverbs. Now, I know that we have spent some time in the book of Psalms, and we will get back there. But I just feel the Lord wanting to talk to us for a few moments tonight on a particular thought. It's found in Proverbs, the 20th chapter, and a portion of the 22nd verse. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 22. And while you're turning there, we'll just recap again what Proverbs is. It's a book that is believed to have been penned, the majority thereof, by the smartest man that ever lived. When he he was given an opportunity by God, Sister Lulabelle, to ask for anything, and he was smart enough to ask for wisdom. And with that wisdom from God, Brother Neely, he then penned these pages. And tonight we'll... We'll talk for just a few moments from a thought that he shares in the 20th chapter in the 22nd verse. Say not thou, I will recompense evil. Here's where I want to talk to you from. But wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. So I want to talk to you tonight from this thought. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. To me that is a powerful declaration that that, that the book of Proverbs shares with us. And I want to share that with you. I want us to consider and contemplate this scripture and receive that as a word tonight. Somebody needs to receive that as a word tonight. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. There's salvation when we aren't impatient, but we wait on the Lord. It's not easy being patient, so let's pray the Lord will help us. God, I pray for every person that's here. I pray, God, that you will open your word to us, God, and then open our understanding to receive your word. And as we receive this word tonight, Father, I pray that we will reap an immediate result in the fact that we will see that we need to wait on you. If we're to be saved, we must wait on you. If you have praise to the Lord, would you offer it to him right now because he's good? God, I give you praise tonight. Maybe put your hands together. God, help me with a little praise tonight. God, I want to give you praise. I want to worship you, Jesus. The Lord's good. If you believe that, you may be seated. If you don't, we're in trouble. So, he is. He's good all the time. I'm so thankful for all of our guests that are here and for kind people to send me up um, wrote lozenges. And brother, uh, Sister Beth, Brother Johnny and Sister Beth, they gave me these and then Sister Tess has these and I drank a little water. We're going to try to get through it. Just be patient. Wait on the Lord. I'm going to try to give you a word here. I felt the Lord talking to me uh, this afternoon, tonight. Um, I wasn't certain who would be here, but I am certain of this, that someone here tonight needs to hear this explicitly clear declaration. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. So let's just, let's review that so that it sinks in with clarity. Wait, somebody say wait. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. If we're looking to any other source for salvation, we will be sorely and sadly disappointed. There is no source of salvation save our God. 
God is the only one who can save you. The circumstance, the situation, all that you're going through, there is no hope outside of him. So today I say, wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. If you have it, Brother Johnson, if you could, verse 31 of Isaiah 40, perhaps a very familiar passage of scripture to some and then maybe not so much to others. So let's examine it briefly this evening so that we can continue to hear what the Spirit would say and that is, wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Verse 31 of Isaiah says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Has anybody ever felt just a draining of your strength that 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 life and the cares of life has just, uh, you know, Sister Lulabelle talked about a time that she had her joy taken away from her. And that's not the only thing that the enemy steals. There are times that the enemy will first steal your strength, and then if he can get your strength, then you can't keep him from getting your joy. So perhaps, Sister Lulabelle, I don't know the details of that situation, but perhaps the adversary sold your strength first, so if he can steal your strength, then when he comes for your joy, you can't do anything about it. That's why tonight the Bible is telling us, the prophet Isaiah says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall renew their strength. I think that um, there's, there's nothing more difficult to try to deal with than to have a desire and an intent to do something but because of your strength level, you're not successful. Brother Clyde, have you ever uh, tried, to, uh, tried to do something and uh, you knew you had that strength before? You know, maybe it was when you went through COVID, I mean, and took all, zapped all your strength. Brother Clyde, man, he's used to just whatever he wants to do. He just does it, you know, because he's, he's a beast of a man. And just, I mean, you can tell by those hands, just, you know, he's just used to. But then that strength is taken away. And you can't get done what you want to get done. That's a frustrating place to be when you know what you need and you can't because your strength is gone. But the Bible tells us here that if we will wait on the Lord, if we'll be patient in the process, if we'll be patient in the process, we can renew our strength. I, uh, I think back to talking about the inability to have the strength to do something I remember as a kid, how many of you have ever done this? You know, as a kid, you, you wanted to open a, let's just say, a pickle jar or something, you know. Just can't do it. And then uh, my dad, I remember he'd take it and then just, I think you could hear that seal pop, you know what I'm saying? And then he'd be like, here, try now, you know. So that's, that's the way I believe that the Lord wants us to understand that where we are right now, you're not getting, you're not getting that situation solved with the strength that you have. So whatever strength that you're trying to fix that problem, I think it's time to pardon the illustration, but I think it's time to hand our heavenly father the pickle jar and say, I need some help here. Cameron, it doesn't matter how much, how much of your force that you put on that you know it, it's just it's not going to open up that that is not there's not going to be a release 
but if you'll just put it in the hands of God. Give it to God and leave it there. Give it to God and leave it there. How many of you are like me? You're guilty of giving it to God, and then when he doesn't fix it in your time frame, give it, all right, give it back to me. I'll try it again. You're not going to be eating any pickles if you take the jar back before he pops the seal, all right? Are you understanding what I, I mean? I, I'm trying to put it down in modern-day lingo. You're not going to eat any pickles until you give it back to God, and then when he sees fit to pop the top. He'll give it back to you and you'll get it off and it's pickle time, all right? So does everybody understand? I mean, I, I didn't have that in my notes to talk about pickles, but there it is. Um, I hope that, Brother Clyde, you need me to give you one of these? All right. I know how you feel, brother. It's not, just be patient with me. I'm just trying to trying to navigate through this uh, this challenge. We have to wait on the Lord. So we go back to the latter portion of 22, chapter 20. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. I want you to say that with me. Wait on the Lord. Everybody, let's say it together. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. I want you to say, and he shall save me. Wait on the Lord and he shall save me. So the Lord is going to save you. You need to be encouraged tonight. Everybody needs to be encouraged. The Lord is going to save you. You say, Pastor, preacher, you have no idea what I'm going through. I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know that there is an answer to this emptiness. I don't know that there is a solution to this scenario. There is. You just have to wait on the Lord. If you'll wait on the Lord, he shall save thee. That's what, that's what God wanted it's what he wanted for you to hear tonight. Whoever it is, maybe it's everybody. I think that it's a good word for us all to get. But specifically, someone needs to know that if you'll wait on the Lord, he'll save you. He, so back to uh, Isaiah forty thirty one. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. So there is perhaps not a more powerful bird than the eagle. We don't have a lot of time to get into the in-depth study of the eagle, but there is there is perhaps not a more powerful bird that what its wings can do, especially in the midst of a storm. Sister Shelby, it's amazing that eagles soar in the storm, and it's because of the specifically designed wings that they have that allows them to soar in the storm. I want somebody to understand something tonight. Just because you're going through a storm doesn't mean that you can't soar. That is what you have to understand is perhaps the storm was intended for you to soar. Perhaps if there were no storm, you would not do what you need to do in order to go where you need to go. So let somebody let somebody understand that tonight. That I just don't understand, Pastor. I don't know why I'm going through this. I'm trying. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing a little bit of this. And I'm doing a little bit of that. So I'm doing this, 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 and that. And it just doesn't seem like that I can make it out of the storm. Perhaps the storm was intended to bring out your ability in God to soar 
in the storm. And that's why we have to wait on the Lord. Can't see, you can't see the end from the beginning, but he can. And that's why he says, wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. So we wait on the Lord, he renews our strength. We have the ability to do what we couldn't do before. Then we have wings as an eagle. We mount up and we soar in the storm. And then he says this, you shall run, you shall run and not be weary. I want you to think about that for a minute. You shall run and not be weary. Is there anybody other than me tonight that you're weary? Is there anybody weary with the week? You're weary with your current situation. You're weary with the cares of life. There is a weariness that sets in on us. And it's because if you go, 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 and you don't ever stop, you will run out of gas and you will get weary. Now, I noticed that no one took notes on that. But it is true that if you continue and you never, if you never, if you never wait on the Lord and you constantly try to figure out, you, you constantly do what you do, then you will be weary. The Bible says this, that when you have the Lord, the Lord with you, that you can run and not be weary. So, we can also walk and not faint. What it's, the point that this particular passage makes and we share with you in your hearing tonight is, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How can these things be? Well, the only way that you can see is if you wait on the Lord. So you have to be patient in the process. Somebody say that with me. Patience in the process. So Proverbs 20, 22, Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Ye shall walk and not faint. Ye shall walk and not faint. I want to encourage somebody that's walking the walk, doing your best, continue to put it in God's hand and watch God work. You have to wait in order to see God work. You have to wait in order to see God work. You shall walk and not faint. Now, if you look to Psalm 27 and 13, you'll find there that it says, I had fainted. Or I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many of you will agree with me that it's a difficult day to find anything positive about what this world has to offer us? This world, if you are here Sunday, I preached as passionately as possible the world's not getting better. If you're waiting for it to get better out there, friend, you talk about not being saved. You are going to be utterly devastated if your hope is in this world getting better and saving you from your sorrow. There is no hope out there. The Bible said I had fainted. 
I was at the point of passing out until, until I believed, unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's time for you to take a more positive approach to God and say, he may not come when I want him, but he's going to be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Mary and Martha said, you're four days late. Jesus said, I'm here right on time. Quit looking at your circumstance and start looking at the Lord and he will show thee that there is hope for your hell. There is deliverance from your difficulty. There is a solution to your scenario and it's for you to believe in him. I'm glad tonight that we had testimony services, service and not a service for everybody to tell us all about their trouble. Because had we had a time, Cameron, that we said, we want everybody to tell us how bad of a day that you had, if this has been a rough week, we may still be going. You understand what I'm saying? Because I would have got the mic at some point, and I could have rambled on and rambled on about the fact that not everything's happening the way I want it to. I don't like this. I don't... That's not, we had testimony service tonight to build our faith that God is going to do what you need him to. That's why I want to get here on Wednesday night, Sister Lula Bell, to hear people tell me that it doesn't matter how bad it is, God's good. I'm encouraged tonight by your testimonies that though it's difficult, though it's dark, that there is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, and a light that will shine in the darkness. So I want to remind you again that those that are willing to wait on the Lord, He shall save thee. You say, I don't know whether he can. Then change your outlook. Quit looking at the problem and start looking to him. He shall save thee. He said, I had fainted. I'd almost passed out unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I was about to give up until I saw that my Savior was going to see me through. Anybody ever felt all alone? Anybody ever just felt uh, like there was no one, no one that cared, that your friends had failed you, that circumstance and situation had surrounded you, you were abandoned? It says in verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Here's what I want somebody to understand. When it's as bad as your mom and your dad are forsaking you, you're going to have to have some help, and that comes from the Lord. I want you to know that there is someone that when it seems like everybody else has forsaken you, that he will never forsake you. Teach me, verse 11 says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. In essence, what the scripture is saying here is, if I don't get determined to get my heart fixed and my mind made up, my enemies will distract and detour me and I will be devastated. But if I can make up my mind that I'm keeping my eyes on the prize, 
quit looking at the problem. That's really what it all shakes down to tonight. You need to quit looking at the problem and start looking to the answer. Quit focusing on the difficulty and start focusing on the solution. The Savior, the one that says, if you will wait on me, I will save you. That is an encouraging word. He doesn't care what you're going through. He can take you through. He is here and he wants to bring you out of the deep miry clay. You have to wait on the Lord. You have to wait on the Lord with faith. Make it plain. Make it simple. It is plain. It is simple. Get your eyes off of the problem and on to the solution. Verse 12 says, Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. How many of you know that what we teach and believe is that the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy? His purpose and his plan. Everything that he purposes, everything that he plans is with the intent to steal, kill, destroy. He'll take life's happenings, he'll take challenges that you face, and he'll utilize and manipulate them to take away everything God's given you. I want you to know, I don't care if you've been in this thing for a few weeks, a few years, or 50 years. The devil desires to destroy you, and he'll do what he can. There are some things that he won't mess with me with but he might you because you're in a different place. But then there are things that he can figure out. It doesn't matter if you've had the Holy Ghost as long as Sister Holligan. Sister Holligan, the devil is going to try to figure out something on you just like he is Sister Trina. What we have to recognize is who it is that's at work and say, teach me, O Lord, to keep it basic. To keep it simple. I'm going to stay focused on my Savior as my solution and not my scenario. Get your eyes off of the problem and get them onto the answer and stay focused on Him. We were just in uh, Branson for uh, our children's ministries and district board meetings. And while there, I took our CM team to see Jesus. Um, uh, that's the sight and sound production. We always want to see Jesus, but we went to the sight and sound production of Jesus. And I had been in July with the children's ministry's Bible quizzing, so I had seen the production. And I knew a little bit about what was going to happen. Spoiler alert, if you read the Bible and you know Jesus, you're going to go see Jesus and you're going to know some things that are going to happen. So you just figure that when Peter gets out of the boat, you know, that he's going to walk on the water. Well, that's what happened the first time that I went to see Jesus. But the second time that I went to see Jesus, it was... Uh, it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. The guy got out of the boat and like fell. It's like, uh-oh, we have a problem. And the guy's up there going. So they stopped this whole production because I guess he missed where he was supposed to step out on, you know. And so they had to reboot it and start it all over. That's not what was supposed to happen. Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, was supposed to start by walking on the water. I don't know what happened, Brother Will. Maybe he got his eye off of what he was supposed to step on. He'd done it a hundred times. I mean, they've been doing this show twice a day for so many days. But this one time, he missed where he was supposed to step, and he, and he fell off. It just seems like to me that he got distracted from what he was supposed to do. Now, we know the rest of the story. Eventually, 
I mean, that's part of the whole deal. I mean, that's the big production. They, they show where Jesus' hand's reaching down and Peter's reaching up. But before they even got there, it was all messed up because he got his eyes off of what he was supposed to be focused on. Let's just face it. We know what the Bible says. We know that the devil's desiring to steal, kill, and destroy. We know all these things. And yet, even knowing all these things, we still get distracted and we stumble and we fall. And there's times where we're like, okay, stop, stop. Enough's enough. I can't handle this anymore. What we have to do is stay focused. We don't, we don't want to look at the wind. We don't want to watch the waves. Because if you look at the wind and you watch the waves, you're going to sink. But if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus and you'll stay focused on him and no matter how bad it gets and no longer, no matter how long you've been fighting the fight, no matter how difficult the dilemma is, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because the book of Proverbs says, wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. The last verse of the 27th Psalm says, if you look, you find that that he, he helps us with how that we wait on him. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. I want you to understand something. If you're negative, you won't make it. I'm going to say that again. Let that sink in. If you're negative, you won't make it. I've never seen a negative, patient person. Does anybody know anybody that's negative and patient? I don't know of anybody that's negative and patient because it doesn't take long for negativity to say, okay, here, just give this back. I'll take care of it. Impatience, impatience is fast forwarded by negativity. I want to tell you this and be patient with me. I only have about five minutes left. So we, we're going to talk about in the last five minutes the fact that you have to be of a good courage in order to successfully do what the scripture says and wait on the Lord. So Brother Neely, it's important to be positive in order to conquer the problem. We have to be positive. We can't be negative. Because I've been with people... I've been with people that though they should be negative, they still speak positive and it seems to somehow take them through the storm. What happens is they get their eyes on Jesus and say, yeah, I've really been going through it. Yeah, I've dealt with this and I've dealt with that, but I still have confidence. I just preached about it this past weekend about the fact that there is a way that someone that had been sick for 12 years could still say, I've got the faith to believe. She said within herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. What I want somebody to know is if that woman can deal with 12 years of trouble and trial, you can deal with something and still say, I've got faith to believe that God's going to do it and he will. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. That's an encouraging word. A faith-filled word. You have to believe. I had fainted unless I believed in the goodness of the Lord. If you don't have that parameter, you're going to falter and you're going to fail and you're not going to make it. It's not being negative, that's being straightforward. If you'll stay positive and say, I know it's difficult, but God's going to see me through. I know I'm challenged right now, but the Lord's going to help me through this hell. I know that I'm weary, but I'm going to wait on the Lord. He's going to renew my strength. If I can just get to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, 
Let's go to the house of the Lord. I hope when you get to the house of the Lord that you find encouragement. That you find encouragement. That's, that's what I want to see. Sister Lulabelle, I'm encouraged when you stand and testify on Wednesday night. I honestly came this close to saying, you know what? I don't think I can go to church tonight. I don't feel like going to church tonight. But I said, I need to go to church tonight because I need to be strengthened. I need to be encouraged. And there's something about getting to the house of the Lord. Yeah, if only thing that happens is when you get here, we all start talking about all our troubles. Thank God we don't do that. Thank God we come in and we say something good about God. We sing good songs about Jesus. We hear an encouraging word and we say, you know what? I I believe I can make it. Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But it's worth the wait. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. I don't find anywhere where he strengthens negative people's hearts. Negative people, they just seem to spiral and it gets worse instead of better. Same thing with bitter. When you get bitter, you never get better. So negative and bitter people don't have hope. But the people that have hope are the people that say, I believe God is able to help me out of this hell. I know that the Lord said that he will save me. Somebody say, he'll save me. He will. He shall strengthen, he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I want you to bow your heads with me if you would, and let's pray a closing prayer tonight that we will see our Savior instead of the storm. That we will see our Savior instead of the situation. And though we're in the midst of the dark, difficult day, we can say, he is my salvation. He is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, and a light to darkness. Father, tonight I thank you for every person that's here. And I pray, God, for strength. I pray for strength. And I pray that as we receive that strength, that you will allow us to translate that strength into saying something positive. And that we will encourage not only ourselves, but one another in you as you have given us a point blank clear word. That if we will wait on thee, that you will come through. That you will save us. I pray that somehow someone tonight will see not their situation, but rather you, Savior. And that you will save them. I pray it in Jesus' name and the church said amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Before you leave, your homework is make sure you say something positive to someone before you go. And if you thought about saying something negative, just don't say anything. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.